Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. For the record, I'm Brother Priest. Today is July 12th, 2017. This is uh, Fishers of Men. So, I am slow in a lot of things, in a lot of areas, but this Facebook thing got me really knowing. Shalom, this is Brother Cedric. It's time to start a revolution because it has precision um, targeting on this thing. And it's time to start a revolution. A silent one, but a revolution nonetheless. So I have been sitting back watching it, watching the people and where their minds are for uh, maybe about three or four days, sometime last week. And um, I really, the the Lord blocked my understanding of this. Um, or the timing just it wasn't in the Lord's time but holy Moses and the thing is when I met Robert I met Robert on Facebook <laughs> and um, as I'm thinking back on it it's like wait a minute I met Robert on Facebook <laughs> um we got a we have a we we are in a place that it's um gone out beyond us now brothers and the lord is forcing us to come out to a broader audience and I know Lynn and I have been talking about this for a while, but I'm telling you, as of today, officially, the Lord has pushed us out into the front, and I'm going to tell you why. We now have been called forward to come to the prisons. This is not me just making this up. This is not 
any of that is not some spookism. There has been a demand for us in the New York area prisons. There's a demand. This is serious. There's a demand. And we got to step up and answer that demand. Brother Robert, how far are you from, I don't know, I don't know New York area, but George Washington Bridge, or I guess it's George Washington Prison or something? It's not Rocky Island. I'm sorry, brother, I didn't hear you. No, no, I'm just going to say, I heard of the George Washington Bridge. Uh, Not familiar with George Washington Prison. Um, the George Washington Bridge is in Fort Lee, New Jersey. That's a little bit north of me, but not too far. It's uh, actually the bridge connects from Fort Lee, which is in New Jersey, to you can go pretty much to the Bronx and lead you to the Bronx. Okay. Well, here's the situation. There's a brother named Nigel. Um, I don't know. I'm probably saying it improperly, so you got to forgive me. Forgive my ignorance. Um, but this, I've talked to this brother before. He's in prison. I talked to him maybe six months ago. Maybe, no, maybe a little more than six months ago. Maybe about nine months ago. And via Gavin, Brother Gavin, who's in the nation. And Gavin came to me uh, maybe a few months ago. And he was like, man, I really want to help these people in prison. I keep getting calls from them. On a weekly basis, I'm talking to these brothers on a weekly basis. What can we do? What can we do? What can we do? So I'm like, well, if they're guilty, you know, if they expect us to save them out of prison and all that, we can't do anything. So I said, brother, the real problem, from, you know, everybody in prison is always so-called innocent. <laughs> That's one. Number two, um, you know, it's only so we can't just get people out of prison. That's not how it works. I said they need to correct themselves from within instead of trying to take all of these measures to escape answering for what they did wrong. That's the bottom line. You got to change it, though, sir. I don't mean to interject, but this is uh, Cedric. I'm glad that you brought that up, brother, Um, because Gavin called me, like, maybe last week sometime, asking me uh, about that. Uh, I didn't really talk to him or whatever because I told him, let me, you know, let me get back to him on that because I wanted to bring it to you. 
but I didn't know that he talked to you about it a month ago. He just called me last week with that. So I'm glad you kind of cleared that up because I was thinking to myself, okay, obviously that's something that we, we need to go over. You know, it's not something I can just give my thoughts on alone. Um, but, yeah, I yield, brother. Oh, well, that's just Gavin. That's just, that comes with dealing with Gavin. <laughs> yeah, I know he's very persistent. Well, he's also the type that goes talking to a lot of different people about the same kind of thing. So, you know, I don't mean that necessarily in a negative way, but just, that's just Gavin. So, anyway, Gavin has really been talking to me about this for longer than that time, but it's just about a month or so ago that I started. Now I can't remember. It's been this year, but this is when I started redirecting his attention because at first he was all like, well, these some of these people are incarcerated unjustly. And me knowing law, the thing is I'm telling them, look, if, you, if you're actually incarcerated unjustly, there's a remedy. And the remedy is not going into some court, arguing some sovereign, indigenous, this or that. There are a few institutions, organizations, programs, and what have you that are in place for the wrongfully imprisoned individuals. And they can help you get out. So Gavin has introduced me to some people, right? And he's like, well, they got me in here for this, this, and I didn't do this. So my first question is, are you guilty or are you innocent? Well, see, no, it ain't no well see. Are you guilty or are you innocent? And a lot of them that I've spoken to, they just run around, the, you know, the answer. And I'm like, sorry, I can't help you. You won't even tell the truth. And you can't really tell the truth because you're on the phone and they're recording it, so you're going to just stick to your lie. (laughs) But anyway, this brother, Nigel, I spoke with him probably nine months ago or so, and um, after I had talked to Gavin, this might have been three months ago I talked to Gavin about this, because after I talked to Gavin, when I spoke to this brother Nigel this time, now he's a different he's a different man. He's really really different. Um, now I can say to you that he before was thinking differently, but he was sending messages to me through Gavin. Um, so I've had an opportunity to really start to see from a distance his growth. But here's the kicker. He's got about nine brothers in the prison that he said to me about nine of them 
want to join this nation. And I wanted to know, was he talking about they think we can save them and get them out of prison or whatever? He said, no, we want a curriculum. We want to start from the beginning. We want to take it uh, slow. Um, there are certain requirements that we must meet. We are required to organize um, in an organized, lawful manner. We are. This is what the prison requires. We are required to institute a government from within here with ministers, treasurers, um, sergeants at arms, so on and so forth. And this is what he's saying now. And these brothers are ready. They're ready to study. They're ready to spread this message. There's about 50 prisons in the New York uh, area. We have connections to all 50 of these prisons. We're ready to go. Brother Robert, what are your thoughts? Uh, hmm. Pretty interesting. I just listened to what you were stating, and you know, in terms of uh, you know qualifications uh, within the prisons and how they were looking at it in terms of the structure and things of that capacity is very, very interesting. Um. Yeah, you know, man, the situation is just. I, my question is, well, okay, it's clearly evident that uh, they met him through uh, Brother Gavin. So, um, like, are these brothers like are they familiar with? Uh, I know through Brother Gavin, but are they really understanding of exactly what we're about and? Are they willing to like uh, take this in, take this on, as opposed to utilizing other different, you know, uh, walks of life? Uh, so this is a whole bunch of questions that I have with that brother. I'm glad you're saying that, brother, because that was my same concern, because I know what it's like in prison. So I can tell you this. I'm on the phone with the guy today, and we was talking, and then he said something. Uh, it was something I was talking about concerning um the ethnic cleansing and he was like he something something slipped out of his mouth about five percent i'm like hold on now that's not what this is about we ain't talking no five percent doctrine we ain't about to mix none of that stuff in no it was like no 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 i'm saying that i reject that five percent I reject the nation of Islam. This is what he's saying to me. I reject all that stuff. I'm not interested in all that stuff. It just wasn't me. It just didn't make sense. 
And he said, uh, but this here makes sense. So they don't know an extensive amount of things that we teach, but they know enough that they have a sincere interest. So, yeah, bro, uh, I'm sorry, brother. Now, when you say they have enough, I, and I definitely trust your judgment, brother. I'm just trying to say, is it more so coming from these Hebrews that are locked up in, I mean, not the Hebrews locked up, the Hebrews that are on the corners, like GMS, ISUPK, because I know they can probably pick up some of their doctrine and try to mix it with some of the things that we're talking about and then try to conjure it together to the point to where they conjure it together. But then again, I'm just thinking about what you mentioned when he started stating about, okay, officers, sergeant at arms, things in this capacity. So you just questions that I just had, brother, just with that. And I hear that. Well, brother, as far as I can tell, just to address that, um, as far as I can tell, they don't even know about those guys. Now, I don't know how that's possible, particularly if you live in New York, but uh, this brother, Nigel, is from Trinidad, and he moved over here when he was young into New York. But, I mean, I'm sure they might know about, you know, Hebrew Israelites on the streets, but they, Nigel, um, what he expressed to me, he doesn't know any of their doctrine. Now, if I had any real concern, it would be first about some sovereignty garbage. Because when I was first talking to him, you know, it was it wasn't necessarily sovereignty, but it was like or sovereign tree as they mispronounce it. Um, but it was more like um, you know, Constitution and that kind of talk, you know, they, they didn't do their duty, so that would be my first concern with with this particular brother. Right, absolutely. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that, brother, because you know, um, you know, a couple of months ago, me and Shedrick were talk, uh, speaking on individual brothers who are now connecting with this more science, sovereign uh, mythology, and a couple of the brothers kind of supposedly went up to the UN here in New York City and I guess they were going before the UN making certain proposals and things of that capacity. So I'm just trying to just ensure that they're not okay thinking that these sovereign citizen cats are anything what we're talking about here, but you know, like you said again, with the with the mention of the sergeant of arms and things of that capacity, um, that's just that just you know, just raises some things and I yield up. Yeah, man. Well, I think I might know who you're talking about those Israelites, those Hebrew Israelites in uh, New York because they tried to invite us to deal with it or something. Uh, they started marching around seven times around the UN. Then they drew up Proposal. But but you know what? After we came out and started preaching for for three and four straight years, now all these Hebrews are trying to. They're mad because they couldn't get in the nation. 
or they got rejected. Now they all trying to jump on the bandwagon. And I'm going to tell you, this is the truth. This is not me just making this up. Shofar, who started with me, now he's up there. He's a, he's a, you know, one. He's a, a one of the mighty cats in in the house of David. But he socializes. I, I I guess from what I'm understanding, house of David is more of a universal Hebrew Israelite group. So he's down with like all of the different camps. Like he he's somehow connected with House of Israel with Zabak. He's connected with, um, and this is what Shofar is telling me. Um, he's connected with, what's the other group? Uh, Israelites United in Christ and some guys from GLCC. So anyway, now you got to understand what happened with Shofar and myself. Before all this went down, I had the crack in the cold book. This is before so far, really to embraced being a Hebrew. I had the crack in the cold book, or, or one of them, and I gave it to him. He had it for a year, and he did nothing with it. So after, when I was trying to show him that it says, you know, Uniform Commercial Code is Hebrew Commercial Code. So after that, um, a couple of years after that, when he was trying to get at me about this stuff, and I'm like, you know, that's not how it works. Um, I can help you do this, this, because I was helping him do a divine union. Um, but I, you know, this is not how it works. So anyway, what all of them did all of them, him and all these little camps he was in, he was in the truth seekers at the time. They were all trying to get at us because he knew me. And the truth seekers asked him to be their leader because when he started off, he started off with me. So he had a different insight on being a Hebrew than, you know, if you go with those other groups. And they were like, amazed at where he was coming from and so then he told them about me and so then they were trying to get at me and I'm like no <laughs> nope 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 you're not ready you're not in the right state of mind no so they rebelled against that and they went out to try to connect with Moors and others that were talking this so-called status, whatever the hell they're talking about. That's where it began to spread amongst the Hebrews. That's where it started, with those guys there. And um, then the several people, the many, many people, thousands of people that were not approved in this nation and were angry as hell they were mad as hell at me, man. Like, I'll tell you one who actually eventually got approved, which was Neil. But Neil was not approved and for hmm, about five months. Neil was trying to get in. 
And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. This guy was just on my case all of the time, you know, just giving me all types of stories and just, you know. Finally, I said, okay, you can come in on a probationary period because you have, have at least been consistent enough to keep up with us. That's where this stuff started, man. That's where it started. I've watched it. They were mad. They got rejected. They, oh, forget you then. We're going to go over here and do this over here. Then they'll come back and test me on it. See, then Shofar comes back at me like, yeah, I'm no, I'm no longer dealing with the straw man. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I watched them. Then the count, and if you remember, Brother Robert, you remember all of the defectors from ISIS that were coming at us? Do you remember back then? Or was that right? That might have been before you came in. Yeah, yeah, I do remember ISIS when uh, they were uh, dealing with, uh, well, they were just uh, in correlation with some of the Moors back then. I do remember hearing ISIS with Ali uh, Muhammad and all these guys. Yeah, and, and what happened was uh, 2012. Cause see, Sister Tora was with Sister Tora, and her relatives were all in ISIS. And um, Sister Tora had quit right before I met her. Something like I think so. Yeah, I think she quit right before I met her. But in 2012, it was a huge defection. And there was thousands of people that were, like, quitting ISIS at the same time and um, trying to get with us. And, no, it's not how it works. Hebrews and Moors and Muslims. And we used to have people that were former Jehovah Witnesses and all different types of things, man. It was it was crazy. Anyway, this is a big, big mission here. Brother Lynn, what are your thoughts? Um, um, <laughs> you know, this, this is going to sound crazy. <laughs> But I'm gonna put it on. I'm gonna put it out there anyway, um, because you know, even though I I have misgivings about it, um, there there's definitely some synergy going on with what you just said and and a vision that I had about okay about two months ago, and it was really. It really came out of uh, my disappointment with what is going on um, in our communities, particularly in the community that I'm in in Jacksonville, you know, growing up here, being a product of this environment, and to see these generations that um, have followed us um, operating in the manner in which they're operating, it's, it's just heartbreaking. And 
I look at, you know, how they conducted themselves. I look at how, uh, you know, this those that are in these perceived positions of power operate. And, um, you know, this whole thing going back and forth with the Black Lives Matter and Blue Lives Matter, you know, I, I look at it like this. I said, at some point, you know, we, we got to go get our people. And what I mean by that is, it's like I I saw us as a delegation going around or, or having a delegation from tribes going around to these various municipalities, just like a lot of these, um, you, you'll find a lot of foundations that do this. It's not-for-profit. Not um, they'll enter into agreements with the municipalities to essentially engage those individuals that, you know, have been involved in the um, criminal justice system, you know, giving them some, um, you know, training, instruction, expansion of their awareness to prevent And I felt like we're... For a second. You cut out for a second. For the thing is, you know, I saw us being in, like, a, a principal position to be able to affect this because it's like, just like um, we look at, you know, our, our people are engaging in and it's like, okay, this is, you know, how, how much is enough? You know, when is this going to be, um, you know, when is everybody going to get fed up enough with, it, with this to do something about it? And my thing is, even from the perspective of, um, you know, the, the police, you know, federal, state, and local governments, I'm sure they're tired of the publicity that they get um, you know, from how they've been dealing with our people in the streets. So, you know, my thinking was we have a delegation and we start engaging with these individuals and pretty much, and pretty much, um, sorry, I had a call coming in. My apologies. So we, start engaging with these individuals and pretty much you know just just level with them it's like look okay just like um you know we're tired of, of watching what's going on uh, with our people we know that you're tired of dealing with this negative publicity dealing with this retaliation um you know from a standpoint of you know people wanting to um respond, you know, to these types of incidents, it, it, it's time for you all to allow us to, to deal with our own, you know, and it's time for, basically it's time for you all to tell the truth and allow us to tell the truth, you know, and I look at it as, you know, it's really, um, you know, the wheat and the shape existing or coexisting uh, for a period of time. You know, at the end of the day, they lose some bond servants, but the likelihood that even on their side, 
they end up not being a statistic, you know, because, again, somebody um, has retaliated. You got a cop sitting in a car on the street and somebody just open, opens fire on them. I mean, all of that, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, that's right, but, you know, it, it's, it's a term, you know. And to me, again, I, I just feel like, you know, this nation is in a position to to deal with that problem, um, you know, as far as uh, reforming the minds of our people. I mean, we're just in a position to, to do that in a, in a different way, you know, than, than, than most. So, um, you know, like I said, with, with what you're saying, I mean, I, I definitely know that at some point, um, or I saw this at some point, I saw at some point that, you know, our people would actually um, have to start dealing with uh, these authorities in a more diplomatic ma- manner or better stated, our, our people, people of this nation, the leadership in this nation will have to start dealing with their leadership in a direct manner. And this, to me, seems like a stepping stone in that direction. Um, the only thing that that I will caution against, though, is again, you know, it everything that we've gone through, um, all the elevation has been, um, you know, done in degrees. And you know, the thing is, is that when you say you want to, you know, get into the nation, you know, it's been a lot of people that have said that, uh, but when it comes down to it, the curriculum itself. Um, you know, it, it sort of separates those that um, have an interest in word versus those that have an interest in deed. So, um, you know, a lot of times you'll see uh, some of the, when you're on the outside looking in, when you're on the front porch, you know, you'll see a lot of the adornment and you're thinking one thing, and, but then when you get when you get in the front room, it's like, uh, yeah, this wasn't what I thought it was. So. Um, nevertheless, I mean, I, I, I think it's, I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's a promising, um, it could be a promising endeavor. Um, just would want to know a little bit more about, um, you know, how do you engage them, you know, in, in, in a meticulous, but a cautious way, you know, how, how, how would that be accomplished? That's my only question, and um, and I'll yield with that. That's an excellent question, and um, let me first say that this excited me um, because it's time for fishers and men to step up to it because it's not really just New York. Justin is in Tennessee and Justin already committed to to doing this um, last year, but he just made contact with, or his dad just left me a message a month ago, I think. And um, yeah, and so it's, it's not just here, but this was the sign to me that we got to step up. So let's, let me make make sure that's 
a clear distinction. Now, how we address this is we, we you have to always remember uh, this is where this mission really begins. This is where the psychic surgery, excuse me, the psychological surgery really begins. So we, I don't think we've really gone, I don't think anyone here was around. Maybe Andrew. Andrew, are you there, Brother Andrew? Shalom. Shalom, brother. Do you remember, Brother Andrew, when we first started, this would have been late 2011. Well, it was it was before you came in that I was doing this, but it was it was a Wednesday salvation class and do you remember that we used to meet on Wednesdays? Way back then. Uh yeah, but I don't remember uh what what was the name of the class? Well it was uh I wanna say it was salvation class, but I can't. Oh. I can't remember. I, it's self, it might have been civ, civility. I, I was, <clears throat> so, excuse me. I was. I was. Uh, I was thinking of the civil diplomacy class, but but um, the salvation class. I, I think we had class like that, but I really don't remember much about any uh, like any of those lessons or anything of that sort. Yeah, because it's it's hard to remember because it's so that's a while ago, but you were there a couple of times, and um, you read some scripture, and then eventually Valerian um, came on and brought some of his people, and um, he read some scriptures a couple of times. I got the recording, so I got the recording. Um. But anyway, so we haven't really here. We haven't really visited revisited that um, in that capacity. So I'm gonna try to speak on it. Um, it's really fundamental teachings. <clears throat> really fundamental. Teaching. Foundational groundwork because I had the uh, temple newsletter. Uh, I think I might have shown that when we were in Detroit, but I can't even remember if I did or not. Um, fundamental teachings, dress codes, um, starter words, um, laws. It's, I hate to say it, but it's the closest thing you're going to get in dealing with us to dealing with church. It's, fundamentals 
And yeah, it's fundamental. So when you get that in place, once that's there, then they grow from there. But here's one of the things that the brother said. And he was really, really sincere about this. He said, Brother Priest, he said, we are in here talking, you know, all of the time. And one of our concerns is that when we get out, that we, you know, our brothers, that they have something to do. You know, he was like, a lot of us get out and we don't know what to do. And we end up doing the same things again. And he was like, I don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen to me. But a lot of these guys are getting out before I am. He's like, do you have anything for us to do when we come out? And if not, can we plan something? And I said, brother, you just don't understand. It just so happens that we're in the process of doing this. Getting this ready. Getting this ready. So last year, let me, this is for all of us who may not know that this occurred, but last year, last uh, August, I launched landscaping business for the nation. And I put it out there. I even did some work with it in the first, uh, I want to say the first couple of hours I put it out there. Honest to God, I got offered a corporate contract for um, houses, apartment buildings, um, corporate offices. I got offered a, a contract, and I needed, I think it was 10 employees, bare minimum. And I sat down with the people to do it. Um, I decided not to do it because the real reason is because I showed up and I could not find my way into the place. So basically, I showed up tardy. But I'm on the phone with them trying to... It was some strange warehouse building, and I just couldn't find the entry door. And when I got in there, I felt like the guy that I was dealing with was perhaps racist. But his partner wasn't, or maybe he wasn't racist, but he just, he didn't seem like he was comfortable around Negroes. So his partner wasn't, his partner reached out to me um, a little later, but I was like, you know what, forget it. Because I had the employees lined up. And they were ready to go to work the next day, like I was promised by the guy that I was talking to, and then the guy didn't come through. 
So I was telling the brother on the phone, listen, we'll have something for you, even if it's just landscaping. But I did a couple of jobs with it, and it, it immediately, I'm talking about it immediately took off. So we can do different things like that, which is what we're preparing for anyway. Uh, Brother Andrew, what's on your mind? Yeah, so it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that you went to the building and you couldn't find the uh, entrance. But uh, things like that is 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 inevitable to happen for for the future. Uh, I noticed that a lot of people in their in their businesses. They only um, <clears throat> take on certain information and knowledge just to maintain their job, but they don't really know or understand um, much about the importance and the reality of the position and title that they hold. So the individual that you were talking with was maybe directing you how to get on the building. Um, maybe they just didn't know how to properly direct. Um, you know, but uh, to the employees who are ready to put forth their energy and uh, um, to do to do good with it, you know, and to do service, you know, um, hopefully opportunity can come out in the future. But uh, otherwise, with uh, with all that's going on, it's it, it's a powerful thing for the brother to have that. Uh, to have that desire to want to do something different from what he is, is, is accustomed to doing, you know, just just continuously uh, giving on into into what this system is never like this system is designing you to just be a beast, you know. If you don't really have your own purpose and your own aim, then um, the system is just gonna kind of make you to be that which. It's set to control, um, you know. So as far as in that, I'm actually looking forward on to to what is next, and and um, that's all. That's that's all I have to mention at the moment of time. All right, brother. Uh, Cedric, what's on your mind? So, brother EK, what's on your mind? Oh snap, Shalom, brother. I I didn't realize I was just talking and I was on mute the whole time. Um, okay. I apologize. I was just uh, saying that um, uh, everything that you stated here today, um, especially about the prison thing, I shared the same uh, uh, concerns as uh, Robert and Auckland. Maybe anyone else, I share those same concerns. I mean, I asked all the right questions. Um, I, I definitely was, you know, would have asked those same exact questions. Um, again, I do think the idea is phenomenal. Um, and it's, it is just time. All these things are lining up. 
in, you know, place so that when we do, you know, we've already kind of created a stepping stone to tie everything together. But um, we got to make it happen, and I yield. Yeah, we do. And and like I'm saying, it's really not about this New York thing as much as it is about Tennessee because it's Tennessee. This New York thing just said to me, without a shadow of a doubt, you all are here now. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um originally when you were speaking of the situation with the virgin from uh Nigel Nigel from from uh, who's incarcerated and he was saying he wants to implement a curriculum um my question that kind of was going on in my head was, you know, for what like what's your sole purpose? What's the sole purpose? You know, because um you can want to implement a, a curriculum, okay, but if you, whatever it is you want to have to be your outcome, let's say that is accomplished, then what? You know, but um, the, the more I hear how the conversation went between you and Nigel, to me it sounds like the sole purpose is to have a bro- have the brothers implement whatever it is they get from the curriculum, the essence or the spiritual law that they get from the curriculum, have that revamp their hearts of flesh to hearts of stone so that when they come on out, they maintain that spiritual law, they maintain that purpose to no longer go back onto receiving the offering within the fleshy heart. So, uh, that's what I see as a sole purpose, and that's a very powerful thing um, for the brother to be sincere in that, in that, in that, in that aspect towards that aspect. You know, because um, that's a, that's that that believe it or not, um, the way how that ain't, that ain't no different from. That's mainly one of the reasons why, like uh, you know, when we was told to become to be free, why we you know, at that point in time why we didn't choose to be free because we didn't know what to do apart from whatever our slave master had told on told on us to do. And and, and we couldn't overcome that fear and that doubt and that shallowness within. You know, but sometimes you just gotta just you know, uh the same goal. You gotta just wing it. You just gotta just know know that, you know, you have two hands, you have two feet, you have one mind and one brain. You're no less than any other individual, and you're no better than any other individual, especially if you separate yourself from the natural order. Every nation is supposed to move through according to their own um, jurisdiction. Every nation is supposed to operate according to their own culture. So, you know, basically, as long um, once we know who we are as a people and what is the is the people's purpose, then from there that'll be our our, our, our Remain to be our foundation. You know what? I'm glad you said that because that sparked another memory in me of what something he said that really, really made it really plain to me. He said, Brother Priest, 
I am tired of not knowing. I'm tired of my condition. I'm tired of not understanding why we're going through this. And it's like, I just want to do the right thing. Like, I, I want to come out of here. And when I do, um, I just want to have a, a for real new life, you know. And this is not the same guy. You got to understand the, the, the major difference when I last spoke with him. Um, yeah, well, the judges did this, the attorneys did this, you know, but he was not talking that way no more. He was like, I want to deal with me, get myself correct, because I know deep down inside that that's the real problem. Gavin said something to him on the lines of, you know, um, he said, how Gavin explained it to me, he said, I told him that no matter what you say about why you're in prison, the bottom line is if you would have made a better choice about who you were around or who you were dealing with, deep down inside, you know you wouldn't be there right now. If you would have known how to be conducting yourself, you know you wouldn't be in there right now. And this just got through to this brother. He started to really reflect upon what Gavin was saying and um, really reflect upon just his life in general. And he started talking to other brothers in there in the same mind state and capacity. That's what really made me say, I see this brother is sincere because he's not asking me to help him get out of prison. He ain't, his mind ain't even there no more. He's he's just like, look, I need to start studying. And he was like hungry. He was like, I'm I'm in here around all this five percent stuff, all this Nation of Islam, and this is what they're doing. He was running it down. This is what the Nation of Islam is doing. This is what the Catholics are doing. This is what the five percenters are doing. He was running it down. He's like none of that. He's like I, I just can't relate to any of that. This is what he was telling me. So I'm like, uh, this sounds like the real deal. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But in the back of my mind, as I'm talking to him, honest to God, this is what I'm thinking. If it is not the real deal, I said, we got a brother that's in Jersey, somewhere around Newark. And I said, he'll, he'll be there. And he'll figure it out, and he will see if you all are real or you are not. But I'm telling you, man, like, this is not like, this is not some help me get out of jail thing. This particular brother is not thinking in that way. He's just not. He was before, but he's different. And... It's like the way he's talking, his mind comprehends enough to know that the real answer for us and our people is self-government. 
So he was excited. He was like, you know, I know we got to appoint people in here. Um, we have to have curriculums and all that. But he was excited. He was like, he was thankful that I said, listen, we'll 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 give it a go. He was thankful. Not trying to get out of prison, but trying to bring the truth into prison. That's a different type of man there. Um, EK, what's on your mind? Shalom. Yeah, I think um, I think uh, today's the day where you know, like you mentioned several times, where you know it's time to heal the confusion among people and you know help fill the void, so to speak. You know, um, I would also think, as far as um, the curriculum is concerned, uh, perhaps I'm not sure how this would work, but. Uh, for example, like the blog talk recordings, I know there's about maybe over 200 audios. And if they were to go one by one, starting from the very beginning to, I believe it was like two years ago, was the last recording. I feel like that's the journey that they would take, number one, to first they renew their consciousness of who they are, why they're in the situation that they're in. And number two, it's going to formulate a certain type of discipline going to formulate a certain type of discipline that is going to enable them to understand why nation building is very serious. It's not just something that you just do here and there and, you know, you just, it's like, or a social club or, or one of those things. It's like this is real work that is rooted in the scriptures and how it's supposed to be transformed in society. So, they'll be able to understand the predicament of the choices that lead to some of the uh, mishappenings that we find ourselves in oftentimes. So, and then on top of that, it's also just giving you, giving them a preview of what we are about as a nation and what they can expect. Because, you know, in reality, it's like, if you go through all of that, it's like information is just really going to repair their consciousness over time, and particularly if they're already engaging in uh, discussion among themselves, having that added to to the to the mixture is really going to make them much more diversified on what's really going on, even in their own situation as far as being incarcerated and how they can begin to start to get a healing of themselves and be able to correct themselves from within. And um, I think that's just something that when they do transcend out of, um, you know, uh, the prison, they'll be able to have a much more developed awareness as to what we're about. And then the the the, the capacity to do the work will be more seamless, be a seamless transition as opposed to just being thrown out and then they have to figure out, you know, so I think if they're already doing that already and then coupled with the recordings that is involved, talk about everything from the nation, how it began to, you know, some of the topics that you discussed on, on those audios, it's going to really help them understand in the big picture why this work is very, very important, why they are important as well. And so I think that's just something that, you know, could be thought about as well. You know what I mean? Thank you for that, Tadak. Um, yeah. 
There is... Well, I don't think I've talked about this before, but when Shay was in prison, I was able to communicate with him via... He was in federal prison, not state prison, but I was able to communicate with him via email from time to time. Um... And of course, in writing. But let me tell you what this thing is. This brother went to the officials of the prison and because I had told I had told um, Gavin whenever, a month, a couple months ago, whatever, I told him, well, Gavin, why why don't you? I said, you you and I have been talking about this this whole thing about helping these brothers, and Gavin is really passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really passionate about it. So I told him, well, why don't you start considering to do a prison ministry, uh, or? help us do a prison ministry for the nation. So he's like, oh, yeah, that would be good. So he tells this brother, Nigel, this, and Nigel goes uh, out and starts contacting the prison officials and everything to find out how that's done. And he gathered up a whole lot, a whole lot of information. But look, this would have weekly lessons scheduled within this prison. That's how it works, anyway. But I'm just stating this: is how serious the brother is. It is also, there was another brother we used to, Brother James, he was an elder. This is the beginning of the nation. He was helping us with prison ministry as well. But anyway, um, weekly meetings mandatorily scheduled for members. People can come and sit in on studies. But if you if you are joined and you are accepted, mandatory time towards the studies. So now now hear me good. That is a life changing experience. Next, scheduled teachers and speakers to come in and teach on a regular basis, wherever necessary. So we go into the prison and actually have specified times to deliver lectures, speeches, messages, so on and so forth. That is where the difference is made. And I told the brother, I said, brother, 
you would be responsible um, for your part in the, you know, as being uh, an inside uh, organizer and leader of the group. But we are not here to debate others, argue with them, try to convince them of anything. And he was like, I get it. I'm saying we gotta we gotta step up and and do our part. If we go nowhere with this particular uh, prison, we'll at least already be in the mode of doing this thing that we can transfer this over to Tennessee and branch out from there. This does require that this Fishers of Men outreach group speak to the lead organizer. Somebody has to speak to the lead organizer and other members regularly. So we have to take time and opportunity to speak to these brothers, give them words of encouragement, give them direction, and help to encourage their discipline. So our time has come. It's time to do it. I don't know what's going to come out of this. I have good hopes. Oh, wait, let me also say, they are required, if I understood him correctly, which I did not know, that they can pay dues to whatever ministers or officials that come in, they can pay them to come in. Excuse me. If I understood him correctly, which I haven't heard of that part before, but that's what he told me. So, if you take a little bit of time to go see your brothers, get them some some discipline, some direction, you know, some words of encouragement, some words of discipline, um, you can earn a few dollars. Now, of course, prison inmates are not going to have a whole lot of money, and it's not about the money. But it is something that you got to understand can help you get from point A to point B. So that's where we are, brother. Uh, Anybody want to say anything right now? Shalom. Phone on the record. This is uh, Akshay. I um, have a question for you, Um, and this is for anybody um, in general, actually, uh, I had 
to run an errand today, and um, this sister had uh, shared some information with me. I guess the first question I'm going to ask you, brothers, have you ever heard of something called renter's insurance? Yes. Okay, so y'all have heard of renter's insurance? I've never heard of renter's insurance. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I've never heard of renter's insurance. And, um, like, she she explained to me that uh, a friend of hers actually does it through GEICO. It's actually relatively cheap. And um, they cover anything uh, that may be stolen or if you may uh, be uh, in a house and it caught on fire or or flood or storm or anything of that, you lost your your things and you necessarily have to move, they cover that in the insurance. I never heard of it, you know. Um, So I just wanted to ask you, you know, if you heard of it, obviously you have. I just thought that was, you know, a a great thing considering what um, what we've learned in this nation in terms of real estate. Um, I think it's a great idea considering those I myself want because I'm definitely going to uh, jump on that. <laughs> and uh, those who may be investing in a property via a lease option, um, they may definitely consider doing that. And I'm definitely going to consider doing that. But, you know, like I said, I never heard of it because, um, you know, I don't own a house or a property, so I you know, never really thought in you know, thought about it. I, and then I got told the sister, I was like, oh, no, I always thought that GACO only dealt with, like, car insurance and stuff like that. She said, no, they deal with, you know, renter's insurance as well. Um, and on that note, I yield. I didn't know GACO did that either, but I I probably wouldn't deal with GACO, but I didn't know that they did that. Um. Yeah, yeah. She was saying that um, I think it was like, well, she said that her friend only pays like twenty something dollars a month, and I was like, well, that's relatively cheap, you know, <laughs> for insurance, for renters' insurance. So, um, but I'm a, like I said, I'm going to jump on it, but I'm gonna look into it some more. Um, yeah, I'm gonna look into it some more. No, that note, I yield. So, um, we need to get a couple of things in order. Oh, I need to talk about one other thing. Before I go back to that. Um... We talked about some weeks ago, probably before this last semester, before this semester, or I can't remember, man. I got so much on my mind right now. Um, I guess it was this semester. We talked about 
having something to utilize with the, uh, the from Christ the King. So, the idea is that we can do it online. We can use Facebook to set up an event or events, um, drive traffic to a centralized location, have people go and see this thing online. So, this will be a potential moneymaker. This would be a potential moneymaker for us. And um, so here's how we can do this. It's kind of like all going together with, with this program that we're doing. It goes hand in hand, but you got to you got to be able to see it for yourself, but uh, I'm going to just try to explain it. So, we want to gather a master contact list, particularly of emails. So, what we want to do is have each individual in the nation via social media, preferably Facebook, Twitter, get a a minimum of a thousand brand new friends on a friends list. If we get 20 people to do that, that's 20,000 people, or roughly 20,000 people, um, because there probably will be some people that have the same friend. But we want to get everybody to get 1,000, and we're trying to get 20,000 totally brand-new people that none of us know. Okay? Now, the idea is to be able to market products, services, businesses to 20,000 people. We're looking at trying to get anywhere from 5 to 10% of those people to make a purchase. 5 to 10% being one to 2,000 people out of 20,000. Now, because we're trying to make a master contact list, we want to gather email. So here is the strategic marketing approach. It's pretty generalized, but, you know, I'm sure some of you are familiar with it, but I'm just going to lay it out. You do a free giveaway. In this case, we're using the target keyword 
of Jesus. Okay? <laughs> now, Jesus has more fans and worshipers than anything on this earth. Jesus has the most fans. So we say, here's, here's the, the kicker. Hidden truth about Jesus. Here's a free giveaway pertaining to the hidden truth about Jesus. That's step number one. Step number two, we have a free ebook that's dealing with hidden truths about Jesus. In order to get this free ebook, you got to give us an email address. We give an email address. Now you're forwarded to where to get your free ebook. Now you get your ebook, you read it. Then there's another offer. If you want to learn more, you can go here to watch an online video for let's say ten dollars. Or you can go over here to watch an online video for $10 and receive a DVD copy of the online video. This is what they call a funnel. This language that I'm talking does not need to be spread out through this nation. Do not do it. We're only talking about this here. If you go try and talk to the individuals, you're gonna, we're going to screw it up. We go trying to use this language amongst them. It's going to trust me. Please trust me. It's going to screw it up. Because when Negroes start thinking they know something, they don't even investigate it, and they jump into things that they don't know what the hell they're doing or talking about and have not investigated. You don't. We don't want them, our people in this nation, to get led astray. And they are very easily led astray. So it is again, hey, hidden truths about Jesus. You want to find out some hidden truths about Jesus? Get a free ebook. To get the free ebook, you go here to this such and such web address, give your email address. Now we got an email to add to our contact list. Then you get your free ebook. While you read your free ebook after that, it says, hey, you want to learn more? We have video stuff to show you. You can pay $10 now and watch it right here online, or you can pay $20 and watch it online and get a DVD in the mail. Now, just hear me out good. If we charge $10 for somebody to come watch a video, if you charge, if you flood traffic to that area, 
let's say we split the cost, but normally we would be saying, well, let's, let's say in this scenario we split the cost for $10, but normally it's going to be 33 and a third. Okay, so this will be $3.33 for $10. But let's say you get $5 per one you drive to with your reference number that buys that. Okay. Now, if you can drive 500, 1,000 people, you get 500 to, um, excuse me, 2,500 to $5,000. If you drive them to the $20, you might get five to $10,000. Now, the, here's the beauty of it. It's virtually automated because all you got to do is focus on spreading the word via social media. That's pretty much all you got. You can spread the word any way you want to. You can put out flyers. You can you know, call up people, tell them, or send out emails or whatever, but spread it through social media. And once somebody goes and checks it out, bam, you're making money. And it will make money for you when you sleep. If you follow what I'm saying, that's the first campaign we want to push out with this nation, and I'm saying next Thursday, that's that's the goal I'm trying to put out on this. Next Thursday, you want to get to kicking on that campaign. Now, again, free offer, give us your email address, so we're building up our, our contact list at the same time. Now we got that. You read this free ebook. Um, we got that part. Hey, you want to see a video? Then boom, we lead him to Christ the King, uh, King James to from Jesus to King James, from Christ the King. We can even have them go to other offers, which is hey, if you would like other people to to see this video, and you would like to spread the truth. Uh, you can host an event where you are. They can gather up people. One moment. Hold on. Yes, Tor.
All right. Excuse me, brothers. Women. Lord. Um, if you all see what I'm saying, Ahlian, what are your thoughts? Uh, yes, sir. Um, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I, I've spoken to this a couple of times. I don't really know what else I can add at this point. Um, but it makes sense. Okay. All right, brother. Thank you. Um, uh, Robert, what are your thoughts? Uh, brother, I definitely do understand it. It definitely makes sense. I just have this one question, brother. Um, with the DVD, would it be, could we do something to where we put, and then we give for, uh, uh, for, you know, a proper notice to these individuals um, a specification to where we have that we, we just state that in order to get this particular DVD, it must contain this tribes of Aboriginal ah, tribes of Aboriginal nation seal. And the reason why I say that is because to counter some of these bootleggers. Now that's unfortunate that you know um, these people do bootleg. Uh, people's stuff, but if we can kind of, I'm just wondering if we can kind of make it to where we, the people who purchase the DVD have a special seal or something like that commemorating for this way we counted the bootleg and I yield. Well, I'm glad you said that. I guess, I mean, I don't know how we could really do it. Uh, okay, I, I think I got it. Uh, okay, here's what we could do. We could take everybody's individual reference number and we could put it on the label with a followed by an additional reference number. That way, it would always be random. We could check it in inventory, and we would know what's going on. Does that make sense? Yes, sir, brother. This is uh, sure. I'm not, you know, I'm sure you know about how Harlem, you know, uptown gets. You know, they what they do is they get one person, a straw buyer, to go ahead and purchase it, and then they go on the block cop it for the load and then go try to flip it and try to use, you know, then it gets in the hands of some of these other, you know, charlatans. They go out here and they try to put their own doctrine and put their own little piece on it and then they try to bring it forth like and try to, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, brother? That's just my own reservation with it. But yes, sir, I definitely understand it. Whoa, wait a minute. I didn't know that, brother. Yeah, I mean... One example is a few years ago, uh, 
hidden colors. I'm sure everybody knows about the hidden colors. Uh, you know, the brother put the hidden colors out, and come to find out that they had uh, bootlegged the uh, his uh, DVD and his workings, and they would have like one individual to cop it, then they would bring it to the cats on the streets. Cats on the streets would take it, do what they had to do, you know, flip it, do whatever they got to do, and then it, it gets into the hands of these charlatans, and then these charlatans go out here and try to put their little touches on it. And then this, this is what I'm, I'm just thinking in my mind, you know, brother? Wow. That is, that's a racket there, brother. <laughs> Nothing on your past, uh, Robert. The, yeah, I, <laughs> I know that's right, brother. I mean, praise the Lord, man. This brother <laughs> really has a keen eye for his stuff. Um, I did not know that it was that man. Yeah, man. That's advanced. That's just organized crime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The crazy thing is, like, you know, because we, me and my business partner, we, you know, we frequent up there a lot of times. The crazy, funny part about it is they'll sell his stuff right in front of Sotnetta's little area where he, because he, he, uh, where he posts his, uh, little videos and stuff is across the street from the Apollo. And they'll sell some other people's stuff right there in front of it, <laughs> right there in front of where they're speaking. This is crazy, man. Ooh. So you got Sonetta speaking, and then they probably got, like, some other brother's literary works telling it, you know, and they go on. You know how the cats do with the quarter. They're like, yeah, you catch this, you get this new for the sake of conversation. I say, hidden colors for the low, you get it for, like, maybe about, you know, you can catch yourself, like, maybe about five, you get it for, like, 25, five or 25 or something like that. You know Dang. Crazy, man. Crazy. So wait a minute. You saying Sonetta's doing that? Oh no, not not necessarily Sinetta, but he he did actually back in the day what he was doing. He was taking a lot of the uh, from what I've learned from brothers, you know, that I was talking to, that he used to take a lot of uh, you know some of the master teachers' information. He would bootleg it and go sell it before he became Sinetta, so to speak. So he used to do that. But there's vendors that are in front of like where Sinetta stays at station that are out there, and they put stuff like that on their little vending uh, tables and things like that. Wow. Yeah, New York, man, listen, man, up here, he's, he's, he's pretty quick up here, man. That's why I'm just like, I'm like, nah, man, I got to make sure I let the boat know about this because I don't want them going out here, taking our content, you know what I'm saying, and just flipping it and then trying to go, you know, some of these Hebrew cats up here as is, they're out here, you know, mixing it with theirs and then, you know, hijacking it and then doing what they got to do. So I just wanted to put that out there, brother. Man. So we should probably not send out DVDs because I used to be kind of worried about something similar to that, but not not really no maybe it's not similar my my thing was you know doing it cuz i've been doing dvd movies for a long time 
way before I even heard of any Sarnettas or anything. But I was always worried about people doing that because um, I used to get bootleg movies and some brother, some rap group or some rapper would put his video on in front of the, the, the movie that you purchased. So that was a hustle. So now I'm thinking like, okay, so they're going to take your DVD, then they're going to, and this is niggas, they're going to redo a DVD, rebutting your whole DVD on the DVD. <laughs> and just discrediting you and bootleg. I mean, yeah, man. I, I, yeah, maybe we'll skip the DVDs. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it's crazy, brother. It's crazy. Ta-da. Ta-da, brother. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> My mind is uh, scrambled. I had some really unfortunate news happen with uh, one of the sisters in the nation that I can't really share. But it is troubling me. It really is. What's troubling you, brother? One of the sisters in the nation has some really serious um, private medical issues and some other issues, but some medical issues. And... uh, I'm not at liberty to go into detail about it or exactly who it is, but it is troubling me. So, excuse me for this. My mind is kind of like, my heart is kind of heavy for the system and got to work on some solutions. Anyway, um, so, brother... We're going to need to put together some things, um, written things to create a, well, let me say this. Here's the goal. Hidden truth about Jesus dot info. Can you repeat that again, brother? Hidden truth about Jesus dot info. This will be the dot the URL address, or possibly, but that's the thing that I'm thinking about now. One of the reasons, because I know I can probably purchase that for about $2 and, or less. So let's say we do hidden truth about Jesus.info. I already priced it, so the dot com is more. It's not like it's a lot, it's like about $13, $14. But Nonetheless, 
let's say hidden truth about Jesus dot com. Here's the deal. We put together a small thing, small written thing into an ebook form. So I'm going to really rely on you, Brother E.K., to make sure this is we get this done. And this would be hidden facts about Jesus that you could purchase, well, that you could download from giving us your email at hidden truth about Jesus. Now, it doesn't have to be very long, but we want to put some things together. So what I would like for us to do right now while we have some time is to allow each individual to talk about some things that we can say in hidden facts about Jesus that are not too far out there. I'm talking about the kind of thing that a Christian could read and feel comfortable with, but just enough to make them ask or say themselves they want to find out a little bit more. Yes. Excuse me. Um, are we are we are we supposed to are we going to do that now, or is that for the future? <laughs> right now. Right now. Okay. Uh. Well, no. You brought it out now uh, in the start of the day that we um right not walking on water. Well, hold on, brother. So everybody take a second to think about it. I'm going to go down the line and see what everybody has. Excuse me, Brother Priest. Yes. Um, this is Ron, yeah. Um, I do got a quick minute, so I um, just want you to know I'm here. How long have you been here? About 30 minutes. 30 minutes? You've been on the line for 30 minutes? Yeah. I was uh, walking around at the same time, trying to stay in the background. I heard him announce himself. <laughs> okay. So Andrew was talking about Jesus didn't walk on water. Well, we don't necessarily want to say that up front. This is this is more like bait. 
So it has to be able to be something that a Christian can stomach. I know for damn sure they ain't going to be able to stomach. Jesus didn't walk on water. <laughs> now, you can do it. You can do it in a way where you can say, um, the secret behind how Jesus walked on water. <laughs> well, we could do that. Because, you know, you want to you be able to reach the mind that is the furthest away from reality. <laughs> so think about it for a second. So actually, uh, let's go with Brother Shedrick because he's going to probably have to leave soon. So. Let's go with Brother Cedric first. Oh, snap. Oh. <laughs> um. Ugh. Honestly, brother, you can tell me, you, you make a give me, uh, um, tell me whether I'm right or wrong, or not even right or wrong, but, um, Uh, what is something that I could think of? Uh, I we could say uh, that uh, Jesus uh, taught trust law, so to speak. <laughs> I don't know if you want to put that out there. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, see, that was the first thing that I thought about, but I couldn't think of anything. Uh, I guess you could say simple. Um, I guess I gotta go back and uh, look at some things. That'll be my homework, I guess. Well, look, it could be anything pertaining to the Bible. Oh, okay. So to make it broader, it doesn't specifically have to be this one character. I mean, we're not going to come out in the front and say, do you know that his name wasn't Jesus? Do you know that there was no J in existence in his time in life? That the J is a newly invented letter? We, we're not going to say that up front. Um, so anything pertaining to the Bible at all. It doesn't all have to be surrounded by just him. Okay. Um, could we say that could we say that Jesus was kind of like a civil rights leader? <laughs> That's not bad. That could work. I can see that working because we could say in his time, right, like a civil rights leader. So I think we should 
we should probably try and keep that um, uh, in there. Because it's not like. Does anybody think that that would? Does anybody think that that would offend a Christian to say that? Yes. No. I don't. Who said yes? I think yes? it would. Okay. Why do you think so? Are you are you there? You talking to me, brother? Yeah, why do you think so? I I think it would offend them, um, and because uh, is it talking about Jesus is like a a sense it's like it's emotional to, for those for those people. So, like, say for instance, if you go out and saying like Jesus was a uh, uh like uh, and um civil right leader you know, of his time, you know, they're going to be like, they're going to reject you because they're going to be like, no, 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 that's not the Messiah. Like, that's the first thing that's going to come in their mind. Like, that's not, no, that, that's the son of God. You out of your mind? No, he's not like Martin Luther King. He's not like Malcolm X. He wasn't that kind of man. Like, that's the first thing that they're going to go after. Now, yeah. Too long. All right. Go ahead. I think I would object to that. Let me tell you why. Because you have to remember there's two different, I would say that there, there's a different there's a different mindset. Now that may offend the older Christian. It may not offend the younger generation at this particular point in time because you can sense that there is a shift in consciousness. So when you say if you can correlate somebody in ancient time uh, and parallel them to something that's happening to them happening now, first thing that they are going to say, well, how is that? Is there a civil rights leader during that time? So then Good there's point. a question, not so much as an emotion. The emotion may come in with them not really reasoning with it, but they're going to ask, well, what do you mean he's a civil rights leader? Good. You ask the question. That is the whole point of me making that particular statement, and that is the point of us making any kind of statement in regards to this ebook because we want them to ask questions. I think we could reason with anybody who is dealing with emotions. You you know how to say what you need to say. But I don't think that everybody who believes in Jesus is going to have have a conflict theory based off of that. That may be the older uh, Christians. I don't think it may be some of these uh, quote-unquote moderns or millennials. I don't see it happening. Not you. Well, listen, listen, listen. I see how it could work. I agree with both of you, but here's what I see could work. They, he was likened unto a civil rights leader, but he was not a Malcolm X. He was not a Martin Luther King. He was far more than that. See, it's how you word it. Because then, because I agree with Ramya, they there's a lot of them that are still stuck in their mind state. But if you 
liken it onto it, and then make sure you differentiate that he wasn't those like those people, and make it, make them imagine that they're that he's being puffed up above them. I think that could work. Or like they were trying to pigeonhole him and put him into that category, like he he was a, a civil rights leader. He was not a, just he was not just a civil rights leader. He was much more than that. I can see that. <laughs> what do you think, for Avia? Yeah, I, I I can agree to that. Um, that's that's a very good idea. Um. I get what Cedric, um, Brother Cedric, uh, Minister Cedric was saying as well. Um, he actually came, he actually brought it to my uh, my attention a whole lot better when he actually explained it. But um, I think that's a real good idea. I'm glad you brought that up, Ram. That was really important because I know you've been surrounded by these bastards. <laughs> So. Yeah, I, I, I was. Uh, I'm still am. Um, but the good thing about it is, you know, being in tribes and, and learning everything that I'm learning and being able to control um, my ego and, and getting rid of the different demons and spirits and all that type of stuff, um, I'm able to attract um, more. Like uh, just the other day, uh, my brother... Um, he he just came to me saying that yo, I want to know more what you know. So that's a pretty good uh, compliment. And I you? All right. Um, Aquilia. Shalom. Um. So maybe to add a little more structure to this, because uh, it's something that you said, you know, as far as trying to encompass everything that the Christ was from a attribute level. So I think one, it, it almost appears like one of the reasons for even doing this is to sort of put a little more meat on the bones of of this idea of the Christ being more than just Sky Daddy. You know, so one of the things that people can actually relate to is, you know, you having these leaders and they're working to working in the realm of nation building. They're trying to uh, you know, return their people to uh, some autonomy from a governmental uh, perspective. So in that light, you know, I could see you using that as a tool to kind of, you know, bring it up to a contemporary place because that's not a that's not really a perspective that you're going to get in a Christian church. So I think with that being said, that's probably a really good uh, starting place to sort of come up with, uh, I don't know, maybe seven attributes that um, we should expound on in this writing to kind of make this, you know, kind of, you know, uh, 
bring it down to earth as opposed to being in the cloud, so to speak. Um, in my mind, I think one of the attributes would be uh, the fact of um, the Christ basically teaching submission to the Mosaic law. Because um, a lot of times people feel like, you know, uh, Christians feel like the only thing he pre preached was love, but it was a lot more to it. Um, you know, and even in this class, we've learned that, you know, he's const constantly um, trying to uh, realign the people back to the law. So I think, um, you know, that should be one of the attributes is, you know, we, you're, you're dealing with um, submission to say it Old Testament Mosaic law, not a... Uh, not this whole doctrine of everybody's covered under grace and all you got to do is plead the blood of Jesus and carry and that's that. So, are you? I can see that working. I can see where we can word it to where they can stomach it. And, like, what was in my mind, like, the part I want to contribute would be um, empowering the people to more and more be more interested in things that they didn't know about him so that they can talk to other people and have something they can use to substantiate what the hell they're talking about because they don't know. <laughs> they don't know. So that's Shalom. a good... Yes. Yes, sir. So, I mean, the reason I'm bringing that up is because, you know, again, you talk to these individuals. I mean, my, my thing is this. I mean, you know, whether you... Whether you're an old idolater or a young idolater, you're still an idolater. And so the thing is that you you, you got to make this thing practical. I mean, in, in my experience, you know, I've, I've dealt with deacons. I've dealt with pastors. My stepfather's a pastor. And, you know, against your um, instruction, I actually challenged him. And I didn't mean to do it, but um, it just kind of came out. And at the time, um, just on something basic, you know, because what what will happen is is that they're dealing with um, uh, assumptions, you know, and you ask some very basic questions, well, what is sin? <laughs> you know, now you have created a whole doctrine on your misunderstanding of what sin is. So to me, something like this pamphlet would be really geared at kind of poking some holes. Well, not even poking some holes. I would say shattering this foundation um, that that the doctrine is built on. I mean, not not in a in an overtly confrontational way, but again, something to make you think. Like like I said, um, you know, in this particular Bible study. You know, my dad just kind of went off on on some things and was getting a little irate. And I just kept coming back to 
some basic stuff. I mean, what what is sin? What is sin? You know, and you know, he'll go off, you know, around the bend, you know, down the valley, up the mountainside, and I still kept coming back to what is sin. Now, in that event or in that moment, um, he really, you know, he 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 really didn't want to acknowledge that he didn't know that, but. A couple of weeks later, I was talking to him, and then out of the blue, he was like, "You know, I, I, I know what you were trying to do, you know, and and I get it." And the thing is that that was some weeks later, but the fact that I think the the methodic, you know, build one brick upon another, things that are, you know, pretty basic. But again, you know, you got a whole doctrine built on this stuff, but things that are pretty basic that, um, you know, are easily digestible, you know, that's, that, you know, that, that's my thing is, again, something as simple as, you know, what, what sin is. Well, you know, he, he taught um, to avoid transgression of the law. And so in my mind, coming from that background, when you're thinking that, you know, all you got to do is, you, you know, you're covered under grace, you know, so all you got to do is, uh, again, plead the blood of Jesus over it, and, and it's gone. Well, if that's the case, then why does anybody, why, why does he, why, why, why is this message continually of, you know, alignment to the law, alignment to the law? I mean, it, everything is like a common thread. Why is that there if all you have to do is say something out of your mouth, even though your heart is not in it, you just say something out of your mouth and you're good to go. You know, those, those types of things I I think are, um, I think are fair game in this situation because you won't, with with this kind of stuff, it's, 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 it's like the foundation for further communication as opposed to putting something in front of somebody that they're really not mature enough to handle and they, and they throw it down and they don't want to continue to read it anymore. So I just wanted to add that. I yield. Very good point. Uh, let me say one thing. Shedrick, are you there? He might be on mute, brother. Uh, I think he's gone. So I'm too late. I just wanted to say that everybody that's coming to the fellowship tomorrow. Oh, shoot. I don't know even if I'm going to do it. Well, I'm going to have to find a way. Everybody that's coming to the fellowship tomorrow to have um, team, to download TeamViewer and make sure it is operational and working for tomorrow. Okay. Um, but very good points. That's a brother brought up. Um, we have to Put some things in there that are 
going to step by step be something that the average Christian has never heard, but something they can stomach and turn the water up slowly, turn the hot water up slowly as they go deeper into the book because we want to bring them to where they can watch from Jesus to King James. So that's the goal. Because we don't want them to get a total, total culture shock and jump in from the ebook to to the video. But we do want them to um, find some things that are interesting and graduate from there. So I think that was an excellent point that the brothers bringing up. We definitely need to include that. Include that, uh, brother Robert. What are your thoughts? Uh, there's a couple of things that went through my mind. Um, just let me know, maybe perhaps if I went, you know, a little over a little bit. My my whole thing would probably be just an overview um, to strategize it based upon what would make our people go back into the churches originally. Like, for instance, we all know, like, when something always happens, they run to the churches. They run to this. They run to that. Uh, More specifically, um, especially nowadays, with the economy the way it is, um, we can kind of emphasis on some scriptures pertaining to what, you know, was pointed out that's uh, centered on commerce and currencies and things of that capacity so this way they can understand it as well as what we talk about which is government utilizing some scriptures where uh, this might be a little bit over but I'm just trying to just the reason why and what we could probably do is not give them all that in one shot but we give them that in like thinking pieces like we'll give them and I hate to sound like an evil scientist or something like that but it's just what we could do is we can originally just get them, give it to them in little bits and pieces that make them get to the point to where, okay, dang, I want to find out more. Like you said, um, brother, like you just come out with something that centers on, uh, you know, the things of the day. Because what I do notice is that there are a whole plethora of, um, like, Christians and things like that as well, as everybody knows. Like you have uh, well-to-do business uh, people who still are locked into, uh, you know, Jesus and things of that particular capacity. Now, if we can kind of target, you know, a whole uh, demographic of people who are like, you know, um, in the mindset of trying to make that change and kind of present it to them to where they look at it and exchange their mind in terms of, uh, you know, toward commerce and government and law, like specifically, um, you know, a lot of their, one of their main arguments is the law being done away with and things of that capacity. Maybe we can kind of point that situation out or like when the Christ turned over the tables, we kind of point that out. Shekels of silver, we could point things like that out. Uh, prayer being a law term. Uh, we can point some things like that out. Um, and that's just what 
I would just say just probably pretty much focus on these particular things, uh, especially and especially if it goes, if this happens to outside of our control and winds up going cross country and goes to different borders, you know, the people are a little bit more uh, commercially astute in terms of commerce than a lot of the people here in the United States. So if we could kind of give them little bits and pieces of commerce and emphasize it because it's one of the main things that's affecting the globe, the global scale is, is the global debt. And a lot of these particular uh, entities, governmental entities, um, kind of defaulting. So I would just probably, that's just what I put, brother, and I yield. Yeah, as I'm listening to you, I can hear where we can do that and uh, we can spin it to the point where it's digestible because of the uh, verse, um, we give unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar, because no matter what he was talking about, I know they don't know what he was talking about, but I can see where we can say, hey, see, he was aware of commerce. So I can see, like, verses like that standing on my mind. So I can see where we can do that. Um, all right. Praise the Lord. Um, Andrew. Can you hear me? Can I hear it? Yes. You there, brother? Yes, I am. You, um, I thought I heard somebody call my name. Yeah, I was giving the floor to you to add some more. Oh. Okay. Um, well, what I have, um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe somebody might can get something from this or add on or whatever. What I, what I have is um, Jesus was a man that had headaches talking to black people. <laughs> well, okay. You mean physical headaches? Um, yeah. Not, so, not, 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 not like, not like stress, but like to the point where like when you're, when an individual is dejected, where like, you know, um, and that could be pulled even with scriptures, um, when he's praying to the most high, but, you know, and kind of incorporated with what Ak Robert had brought out with in the language of love, what prayer really is, uh, what could cause him to seek um, remedy from a higher power um, and not him being operating without the office of the higher power or operate on his own. Um, but yeah, that's what I have. Uh, I think that's actually good. We, I mean, we do have to word it probably, but that uh, that sounds good to me. 
Um, uh, the other idea as well is just that we just can't come out and directly say Jesus didn't walk on water. We just can't start off like that. But spinning, spinning it to where they can stomach it, yes, we can use that. Uh, let's see. Yes, sir. Uh, Ramya. Shalom. Um, I think uh, we can go with uh, about the schooling. You know, when he actually went in around 12 years old, um, it wasn't that he was like going into the temple, you know, just to go into the temple, and they came back out at 33, he actually went to a school. Um, I think we can actually point out um, the point of views of, of of that sector of uh, to give them understanding that it wasn't just uh, temples. It was uh, actual schooling or universities that they was taught in our year. Aha, that's a good one. That is a good one. That's a good one. Definitely, we can do that. That seems to be pretty simple, but it's something that they you just don't think about. So, yeah, man, I like that one. I really do. Uh, Ek. Shalom, yes, sir. After this, uh, I have to yield because I got the New Jesus Christ, but um. I would say the first one being what were Jesus' physical characteristics. You can go in Revelation 1 and find out what he actually was described as being, looking like. Uh, the second one would be um, how how close is your heart to Jesus? And so, like, people claim Jesus, they love Jesus, they love Jesus, but they can look in Matthew 15, verse uh, 8 talks about how people's hearts invaded worship and teach with doctrine. So your heart can't be close to him if you're doing stuff that he's... If your heart can't be close to him if you're doing what's contrary to what he's preaching. And then the last one would be, well, who was uh, Jesus' uh, grandfathers or ancestors? So they can look in the first book of Matthew where he's the son of uh, David, son of Abraham. And if they're going to find out who his ancestors were. Are you there, brother? Yeah, I'm here. You faded out right at the end. Um, you said you had, in the beginning, you said you had to go? Yeah, because of the nucleus class. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right, brother. Um, I'll talk to you tomorrow uh, further about it, but. Thank you for being here. So that's all we got to really talk about today anyway, so we're going to adjourn in a moment. Hey, Brother Priest. Uh, yeah. Um, to add on what the brother was saying about, uh, you know, uh, about your heart, um, I think we should also add the uh, part on um, to actually being close to um, the Most High or being close to Jesus, per se, um, with the heart. You know, having a clean, uh, clean uh, uh, credit and um, having uh, cleaning up your behaviors and all that kind of stuff has a part to do with all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it. I see it. 
know, you could actually, so that way, you know, when you actually go out there and we, we spreading it, they already got a conscious, some kind of conscious mind, uh, some kind of understanding that, hey, uh, these people know what they're talking about, especially when it comes down to, you know, tying in the laws with commerce and then, you know, bringing in the government with the Jesus went to school and all that kind of stuff like that. So I'm just, I'm just that's what I got in my mind. So now you. Yeah, you know what? That just that just hit something in me too. I want to say Jesus was not a racist, <laughs> like some of you niggas are today. <laughs> but one is because I know Christians don't know that. They don't know that there's. Hebrews to teach that he was a racist. And I'm thinking the further they get into, once they get to that video, if they do, um, once they get to it, then we got to prepare their mind. Because they got to, so I'm thinking maybe put like a, a quiz or something after the book Maybe something like brother, that that can help them. Yes, sir. Brother, my apologies, brother. Um, just one other thing, brother. With uh, just thinking about everything that brothers and uh, you know have added, um, I was just also trying to uh, you know take into consideration, um, you know, the people nowadays are less tolerance of the religion as well as um, a lot of it's unfortunate, but a lot of our people's attention span. So I just wanted to, like, maybe we can uh, put some things in there that would really captivate them enough to where they can kind of subdue that tolerance and it can grab their attention enough to hold their attention. That's just another thing I'll give up. I'm glad you said that. So that would be some visuals. Because Negroes would rather look at stuff than read. <laughs> So we might have to damn near make this a comic book <laughs> because Negroes are adolescent. So, um, um, yeah, you're right, brother. You're right. Uh, we got to do that. This is uh, a good foundation, I think. Um can anybody think of anything that we could do to offer somebody something for two dollars? When you say think of something to do, like uh, have have uh, somebody do something, they receive two dollars. No, no, like um, something we can offer. Like we're gonna give them a free ebook. So I'm thinking, what if we have something in between the ebook and the video, but it's, it costs two dollars. So if they don't want to go to the video, they might want to do. Oh, it just hit me. But uh, oh, it just hit me. But yeah, I'm not gonna say it. I must. I'll say it last. Something they can get, receive, or purchase for two dollars. Uh, 
Anybody? Products? All products? I don't know if soap, I don't think soap costs two dollars, but uh, uh, you said what costs two dollars? I said I don't think soap costs two dollars, but maybe even coupons for certain stores or coupons for certain businesses that be that coupons for certain businesses that we might have uh, operating. Good idea. That's a good idea. We could say uh, buy this coupon for two dollars, and you get you can get such and such. Uh, Whatever it is, we can figure that out. But that's a good idea. How about brother? Because we're gonna give we're gonna definitely give it to them for two dollars. We want to give them something of quality to which they'll be like. Wow, I'm getting all this for two dollars. So one of the things just off the top of my head, I was thinking like maybe we can get them like some type of ancient text or something of that capacity that um is very rare to find, but it's a correlation to some of the things that we're talking about. So it can also keep them interested to the point to where they keep going further and further to what we're trying to present to them. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, don't know what it would be, but yeah, that that really is good. I think. Hmm. I don't know. I have to think on what would be ancient. We got to think of what what's something that might be related to something ancient historical, something of value that they can get for... Hmm. Oh! Different type oh. of picture. Say it again? Different types of uh, ancient pictures. Pictures? Uh-huh. Images. Well, that would be difficult because that would be a copyright issue. <laughs> You know, we don't have actual access to them. But I can see where we can uh we can add that in there though, um like for for free. So we say for a two dollar donation you'll get some ancient pictures of Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but the pictures are free. But this is what it comes along with this other stuff you're getting. I can see that working. Yeah, I can see that working. Um, what hit my mind was a piece, a piece of sackcloth. <laughs> And I'm saying that because most people don't even know where to get sackcloth. They don't even know what the hell it really means. And we can say... Thank you. We can say 
get some ancient sackcloth, some ancient pictures of, oh, man, we could do some anointing oil because, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people don't people know that he wore frankincense and myrrh, but there there's um other oils and um we could say that kind of stuff. Anybody else can anybody else elaborate on it? What does anybody think about sackcloth? Like a like we cut out a piece of sackcloth. Pray over it and put some anointing oil over it. What does anybody think about about this? Can anyone hear me? Yes, I hear you. I don't know about the sackcloth. Uh, that's just my opinion. Although I know it has some uh, um, great value, like uh, I mean, uh, something like real meaning. Uh, but I, but you did make up a good point as far as people don't know where to get it because not a, you know I don't I really don't know where to get sackcloth. I, I don't even think there's a website where you could order sackcloth. But um, well, I know where to get it. Oh, okay, I, I know exactly where to get it. But I I know what you mean. I'm just throwing stuff out here to see where our minds are. Um. Sackcloth. Well, um, maybe also even even referring referring that if once they get the sackcloth, they can be more mindful of not to do uh, wrong, knowing that you're gonna have to get back and like um, knowing that when you're gonna mourn or try to uh, fix the situation, you're gonna have to rip the sackcloth uh, for what it meant. Um, sounds like, I guess, a reminder, you know, uh, for them to be more vigilant and aware. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, you can do that. Anybody else, though? Rockland, where are you at? I like the oil better. I mean, you know, I, I have a I had a very pleasant experience with the oil before, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just saying from a, you know, I, I've never dealt with sackcloth, but that, I, you know, I always talk about that oil because it, that was, I mean, I obviously knew about aromatherapy, but it, it, it's almost like that thing had me in a, in a zone to where I was, I was sort of. It, it almost caused the um, uh, altered state of mind for a period of time. It was, it was very uh, beneficial. So I think anybody would uh, would appreciate that. It knows what it is. So that's just my my thoughts. Okay. Um, let me think. The thing with the oil. Definitely gotta, yeah. My apologies, brother. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm just saying, definitely got to see something, uh, you know, got to be something to where uh, we have 
enough inventory and we have enough of a connect to get the inventory to supply the demand. So, um, and then you mentioned also the copyright issue, so definitely got to take that in perspective. So, it just got to be something within those parameters, uh, something that we can acquire or someone, uh, someone, uh, some of us collectively have. And we can kind of, uh, you know, look at it from that capacity where we can have a high inventory of it. And it's just something I was just throwing out there. For them. Yeah. So it would have to be more than $2 to do oil, I would think, because, well, we could say, if we said $2 plus shipping and handling, because you do have to have an inventory. I I can get the oil from around here, but um, actually, I still have. I I got a pretty much unlimited supply of the anointing oil, um, which is olive oil, but it's a particular kind of olive oil, and um, I can get that. But then you got to deal with shipping and handling, and you got to deal with bottling it up, which is not terribly difficult, but to purchase bottles with caps, that might be that might be an expense there. But I'll try to work out those numbers because I have a, a location in Austin where I get the olive oil. Um, yeah, but I originally got the olive oil from Detroit, but I can get it from Austin. So we can do that. Um, so we say, hey, you can get some ancient pictures. You can get um, a piece of sackcloth. Maybe you can you can get some oil. Um, well, we got enough to we so far that we can uh, put something together. Now, here's the key. This is a serious project mission. This is the turnaround of the nation. Um, this is very practical. It's actually a whole lot more practical than anything that we've done collectively because it can be managed a whole lot easier. It can be overseen a whole lot easier than anything else. And people can see a more um, immediate uh, result. You know, they, they can relate to it more. So I feel confident in this. I know maybe getting a thousand friends on Facebook sounds like, man, that's a lot of people. But it's not that difficult. And we do, if they get a, li if they get a little bit of friends, as long as we can build up this contact list to get as many people as we can, we're going to produce the results. We're going to have more people that we can reach out to 
And um, yeah, I think we'll do okay. So, all right, brothers. Um, we're going to try to have, I'm going to speak with EK tomorrow and try to put all this stuff together um, in an ebook. Um, have it ready for next Thursday. So that means when we come back next Wednesday, I'm hoping we can have it done. I'm really hoping. So thank you all for being here today. We can adjourn for today. Slime, slime.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.